I was reading this thing in the news several months ago, and it was, uh, this is a news story talking about the existence of atheist megachurches. I mean, what do you do there? Do you sing worship songs at an atheist church? What do you say? Like, shout to the void, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to nothing. What do you sing to? Man, do they have children's church at the atheist megachurch? <laughs> what songs do you sing to kids at an atheist church? Like, no one loves the little children, all the children of the world. No one hears you when you cry, no one hears your lullaby. No one loves the little children of the world. Reason why, reason why we exist, but there's no reason why. Reason why, reason why we exist, but there's no reason why. A row, row, row your boat gently down the reef. Wallowing, 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 wallowing in your unbelief. Let's do the rounds. Remember the rounds? I'll s no, you don't want to do that. Okay. Let's try a new one. Evolution, this I know. For Charles Darwin told me so. Accidentally alive. If you're weak, you won't survive. <laughs> That's the logic, right? That's what they're saying. I am an A. I am an A T. I am an A T H E I S T. And I have N O T H I N G to give me hope and Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good stuff, man. Uh, I think we all have, you know, atheists and agnostic friends. I hope they could find the joy in that as much as we can. Come on, I mean, we're Christians. We laugh at ourselves. We can laugh at them a little bit. Man, that's great. Let's open with the word of prayer. Jesus, thank you for this time in your word. Lord, I pray that you put something inside of our hearts here today. Lord, plant something inside of us. Lord, you are working from the inside out. Continue to do that. Lord, as we put your word inside of us, Lord, to have it just grow into something beautiful so it comes out in our actions and our attitudes and how we treat other people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, we are starting a sermon series called From the Inside Out. Um, back to the atheist megachurch idea. You know, I, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. The idea that it, everything came out of nothing that, that doesn't make sense. Actually, Newton's first law of motion says that things want to stay where they're at until a force is pushed upon them, and then they go out. So the whole idea of the universe, the Big Bang and the universe, it, it really wouldn't make any sense without a, a drummer to bang the drum that made the thing happen. You have to have a force that acts upon it. Oh, it just happened. It was a, well, things don't just happen. That's not how the universe works. You know, thinking about all the various people that, you know, I don't know, go down this different philosophical way, it, it, doesn't, make, it doesn't make sense to my, to my heart, that idea. So today we're talking about truth. We're going to dive into what it, what it means to, to dig out the truth. I am a Christian because I believe it's the truth. I'm not a Christian because it feels good, though it does. I'm not a Christian because it makes me feel good. It does. 
I'm a Christian because I believe it's the truth, and we, we work backwards from that said truth. Now, let's all soap through Romans together. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. As we go through the sermon series in the book of Romans, I want to I wanna read it. I want you to read it as we go through it. If you read five or six verses a day, you will get through the book of Romans in about the amount of time. This sermon series will last pretty much till Easter. And so, soap, scripture, observation, application, prayer. This is how you read the Bible. First, you read the couple verses, five or six, and then you just say, the observation part is you say, okay, God, what do you have for me in these verses? Not just, God, what do you have for humanity? That's okay. What do you have for me, Lord, in these verses? What, am I, what, what can you observe? Okay, I see what you're trying to say here, God. And then the application is the action that you need to take. Okay, God, what do I need to do with this information? Love thy neighbor. Okay, okay. And then the prayer is, God, I can't do this on my own. One of the things about true Christians is our understanding how limited we are how in a, in a spirit of humility we just say we can't do this without your help god all the changes come from the inside out i can't do these actions you're asking me to do without your very help in, in helping me do these actions and that's the the soap idea so it's kind of an easy way to memorize it uh soap read these verses uh in in the book of romans and uh i'm, I'm telling you stuff will be jumping out at you and god will be feeding you it's one thing for us to come to a church service here today or, or those joining us online. By the way, hello to everybody online and hello to uh, our friends at the jail ministry um, in uh, Pulaski County Jail. Men and women, we're glad you're here with us today and Heartland at Home, everybody. And all of us, though, we, we, can't, we can't really make it without this right here, without the Word of God, especially in these dark days that we live in. Amen. And so some background on Romans. The book of Romans was written to, you guessed it, the people of Rome. So smart. Um, the culture at the time was a very wicked, ugly culture. And we'll be talking about that through that, this series. And here in Ro at this point in time, the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans. He had not been to Rome. Later in his life, he goes to Rome. At the time he wrote this book, he had not yet been there. But there were Christians that it's, it's understood or or. It's uh, guessed that the Christians that started the church in Rome were the ones who had the Holy Spirit come on them in Acts chapter 2. They were from all over, the, all over the known world. Get God into their life. What do I need to do to be saved? Acts chapter 2. And then they go back to Rome and they start a church with this group of, this group of Christians. And Paul knew the significance of the city of Rome, its cultural significance, its political significance. And so he was really uh, wanting to get the truth into their hearts. One of the beautiful things about the book of Romans is how strategically it's laid out. That's why we're doing the sermon series. It's going to take us, I think, 10 weeks or something. It's strategically laid out because he wanted to make sure this influential group of people got the real understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What, what it's not and what it is. So when you understand the culture in Rome and you understand the kind of the city and the, what was going on at the time, the book makes more sense. There was even a time where Emperor Claudius kicked all the Jews, uh, all the uh, Christians and Jews out of the city of Rome. They ended up coming back after Claudius died. Well, even them coming back, all of a sudden they had uh, kind of had two different cultures going on. And you'll see later in the book of Romans, 
uh, Paul even deals with this. He, st- he starts talking about being in unity because these two different factions were, uh, were at church together. So we're going to go in Romans chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 16. I am not ashamed of this good news, the gospel about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news, this message, tells us how, to, how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished. The making us right part is accomplished from start to finish by faith, by believing. As the scripture says, it's through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger, we're going to talk about that today, from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. The truth is obvious. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made, and they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. So they have no excuse, no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. So God abandoned them. Watch that word. We're going to talk about that in a second. To do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Read into that. Ask your mom at home if you don't understand. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who's worthy of eternal praise, amen. And since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them, once again, the same word, to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never have been done. The Bible is clear, guys. The truth about who God is can clearly be seen through everything God made can clearly see his invisible qualities. They have no excuse for not knowing God. It's like when you go out camping and you're, you're at a place that has no light pollution and you look up into the sky and you can see just the universes. That, you know, it's one th- we have so much light pollution. So you really get to a place where you really have none. It's incredible what all you can see late at night. I mean, how does somebody look up into that and not see God? God's hand at work, the purposefulness of God and his creation. So here's what it's saying. Everybody knows that there's a creator. That's what, that's what Romans 1 is saying. There's something so clear. You know, when things are left alone, do they get better or do they get worse? Think about this. When you, you leave your car... Don't fix it. Don't touch it. Just leave it sit there for 20 years. Did your car get better or did your car get worse? Worse. Things degrade. They don't upgrade. Nothing in the universe upgrades itself. It all degrades from its initial created moment. And so uh, my my body (laughs) is degrading right in front of you. All of us, you know, it's like falling apart. Why? Because God is the creator. Here's why the understanding of a creator is so critical. Because once you understand God started this process, 
He, that means he created you. Now that means you are on purpose. Wow, that, that's, that is, I know people downgrade that idea. Put that into your heart today. You are on purpose. You're not an accident. You're not, it does, it's not, well, it doesn't really, it does matter. You are on purpose. And so once you know a creator, then the obvious next domino that falls is I'm on purpose. And then the next domino that falls is what is that purpose? Many of us are right there right now. Well, okay, I'm on purpose. What is that? All of the answer to that can only be found in the origins of the one who created you. So what do you have to do? You've got to find your creator. Have a relationship with God. All of that's on purpose. God shows us all of creation so that we go, wow, I'm not an accident. I'm on purpose. Well, who made me? Jehovah made you. Okay, who is this guy? Let's go back and find him. And in him, our relationship with him, our own purpose is discovered as well as who he is is discovered at the same time. Does that make sense? The book of Romans was strategically laid out. We talked about this. And one of the most important first principles is you are on purpose, made by God, and the only, the only way to, to find out what that purpose is is to find that God yourself. There was a, 1995, years ago, there was an outbreak, a revival outbreak that took place in Brownsville, which is outside of Pensacola, Florida, Actually, Misty's uh, family, Misty's mom's family is right from that area. And in Brownsville, they had the Brownsville outpouring, the Brownsville revival, Father's Day 1995, it, it kicked off. Well, uh, lots of people, thousands of people came to Christ. It was a pretty cool little thing that took place there. The worship leader of the church at the time, his name was Lyndall Cooley. And there was a song that kind of became the song of this revival, and it's called Creation Calls. Now, this song is not really like, I, I mean, it's an okay song, but it's not like, oh, this one's the one, man. <laughs> this is the song that's going to break everybody out in revival. That's not what it was at all. It's not, not that great of a song. I guess I'll come right out with it. But, you know, it's, it's a critical moment because in that song it says, how we find God in the birds that are singing, in the trees, in the, and, and it, was, it talks about creation. Well, that's Romans chapter 1. That's the importance of finding the creator, seeing the creation, finding the creator. All the, do the dominoes begin to fall of seeking God, and it starts with the idea of we were made on purpose. Now, how does the wrath of God work? We saw that in Romans 1. Abandoned here in the original Greek is paradidomi, and it means to put back into someone's hands or authority, paradidomi. Okay, the wrath of God, that's not a fun subject. Yeah, thanks, Heath. It's minus 20 degrees out. Let's talk about the wrath of God. That sounds good. Maybe this is happening outside right now because of the wrath of God. Romans chapter 1 explains what this is really like. Paradidomi means... It, it's like, call it the passive wrath of God. It's not God like smiting people. He doesn't do that. What he does is let you walk outside of the umbrella of his grace. I don't believe in luck. Don't worry about that. So paradidomy is you are under the authority of the Lord. You're under God's authority. 
And paradidomy is, I'm just going to go out. I don't need that. I'm going to go out and do whatever I want, however I want. And God, because of free will, lets us do just that. He says, okay, you want to go out there, knock yourself out. It's going to be bad out there. Bad things are going to happen out there. But see, when we walk out from underneath the umbrella of his grace, his authority, his leadership, well, paradidomy. He he has to let you have the ramifications for the sins in which you've done. It's not him smiting us. It's us walking away from him. That's why so often we talk about surrendering to the Lord here at this church because surrendering to the Lord is going back under the umbrella of where we're always supposed to be at. The comfort and the, the peace that comes from being in the umbrella. Stay right there. Don't go, you know, don't go out and do whatever we want whenever we want. Whenever we do that, because of how free will works, well, guess what? When we do that, we find ourselves in the place where we're on our own. Whatever happens, happens now. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, that every single thing that's bad that's ever happened in your life, I'm not saying that that was that was directly correlated to this. There's a lot of reasons why bad things happen, but one thing I can tell you is the key to having a fulfilled life in the will of God is staying under the umbrella of his grace, staying uh, in the place where where we are not in our own authority, not in our own hands, not in our own uh, doings, but in God's space and in God's work. I'm going to hand this off to you here, Glenn, if I could, mainly because I don't know where to put it here. Verse 18, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Suppress in the Greek is kataheo, and it's holding something down that wants to come up. Okay, now, about to have a deep concept here, y'all with me? Those of you online didn't catch what happened here live. It was not very encouraging. I know online, though, you all said you were. Suppress the truth by their wickedness. Okay, so here's this, this kind of deeper concept. The truth, like a beach ball underwater, it wants to come up. It, it strives to come up. But wickedness, sin, keeps it down. So when we, it, this is both true in a, global sense in a personal sense okay we know it's wrong to steal right we know it's wrong to steal but you know what we can suppress the truth that it's wrong to take someone else's property because we start to tell ourselves well our company has a bunch of money they don't pay me what i'm worth it's no big deal everybody does and by our own wickedness we suppress the truth that clearly taking someone else's property is not right sexual sin that's People make, they push the truth down of what it is and what it isn't because we like the feeling, humanity likes the sinful feeling, so they push the truth down of what is true and what is not true. By our own sin, we suppress the truth. Treating other people like trash. People treat other people like trash and then come up with reasons why it's okay because of what they've done for me. In our heart of hearts, we know it's, it's not right to treat people so that way, but yet we suppress the truth of what we should, how we should be treating people because of our own wickedness and our own sin. Do you catch it? But the, but the, the truth wants to pop up. It, it's popping. It's going to come up. One thing about the truth, it really can't be stopped. One thing I love about God is, is the truth cannot be stopped. It will pop up. 
the key for all of us is to let it pop up. Personally, in your own heart, when God exposes something, as you're soaping through Romans and God exposes something in your heart, let it pop up and be like, oh, wow, God, I didn't see that in my own self. Okay, Lord, bring it on. Come on up. Come on up, truth. Come up into my heart because I I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to be transformed by what you're doing in my life and all that happens by embracing the truth and not suppressing it down with our own wickedness. I mean, we all know people, right, that have deceived themselves into thinking some things that are just like, how do you even think that? How would you even think that's right? How would you even think that's okay? Well, it all happens because the beach ball gets suppressed. And it's like a dark vortex, man. Once you start going down the idea of suppressing the truth and suppressing it and suppressing it and suppressing it, we find ourselves in a really dark place. But if we do the opposite and let the truth rise, just let it come up in our own hearts, man, that's when the freedom starts taking place. You ever heard of this lady? This is Kat Von D. Catherine Von Drakenberg. What a name. She is uh, most famous for being a reality TV show person from L.A. Inc. You guys have seen the show L.A. Inc.? She's a famous tattoo artist and actually recording artist and other stuff. Well, she, if you saw the show L.A. Inc., she was not a Christian at that time, clearly. She was into New Age stuff and crystals and all kinds of false religious stuff. Well, she became a Christian in 2019. She turned her life completely over to Jesus. And... and Actually, in 2023, she was baptized. She lives in southern Indiana. She's a Hoosier now, by the way. She made the right choice. She left L.A. for Indiana. Yes. (laughs) That's not what Jesus did. Maybe it is what Jesus did. I don't know. 2023, she got baptized in her church in southern Indiana. And they asked her, what what happened? What, What is this? You were, I mean, clearly going this other way. If you watch the show, this is not a Christian woman. What is this? She said, you know what? When I was a child, I went to VBS and I went to a bunch of Christian stuff at my church when I was a kid. And those seeds stayed with me. Man, you know, right now in all of our churches of the heartland, we have kids ministry. We try to put a lot of the truth into the hearts of children. That is so critical. How many Kat Von D's right now are in kids ministry at, at, at Heartland? I mean, how many Kat Von D's are right now putting the truth into their heart right now? And we think, oh, man, these kids aren't getting it. It's going in one ear and out the other. Wait. Why? Because the truth has a way of popping to the top. You can suppress it with your sin. Kat Von D tried. We can suppress it with our sin. But if we just let it, it comes to the top, and it's life-transforming when it does. We've got to love people enough to share the truth with them. Somebody shared the truth with Catherine von Drakenberg. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Okay, this a famous verse here, verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the NIV says. I'm not ashamed of the, not the message, who Jesus is. This is Rome we're talking about. This is a place where if you wanted to be the lowest person on the totem pole, you were a Christian. So this wasn't just written to a group of people like in America where there's, I don't know, what is it, 40% of people call themselves Christians and go to church. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a group of people who like the lowest of the lowest of the low, those are the Christians. 
We're talking about a ladder-climbing culture. And in this ladder-climbing culture, here we have the Christians at the very bottom of the ladder. And what did Paul tell them? One of the most critical verses in the Bible, don't be ashamed of the transforming power of Jesus and the message of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of it. Get out there and speak it. And get out there and proclaim it. May we be those Christians. May we never be ashamed of it. I know what it's like living in a small town. It's like, oh, do I wear my Christian T-shirt stuff or do I not? You know, they'll make fun of me or kind of like roll their eyes. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Why? Because it's this message that transforms lives, that turns things totally around. Don't be ashamed. For you and for me, for all of us, we got to speak the truth because we love people to that degree. How much do we need to love people? Enough to speak the truth to them. Sometimes we think, oh, I mean, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to uh, frustrate. I mean, uh, hey, pray that God gives us the courage and gives them ears to hear so the truth can be spoken. Not ever, ever. We never do it rude. We always do it because we love them. We're motivated by our love for them. There's a deep, if, if you love somebody and they were driving off and the road is out, the bridge is out, and they're going to go off a cliff, you don't go, bye, see you later. Oh, I just probably should have told them, I don't know. If you love them, you'd be like, stop, you jump out in front of their car in the middle of the road and you tell them, hey, whoa, 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 you're, the path you're going down does not lead to where you want to go. You're, a, you're in danger. If you love me enough, you'd tell me, Right? <laughs> Right? It's like friends. If you're a friend and somebody's got like chocolate donut stuff on their face, don't let that friend walk out into public with the chocolate donut stuff on their face. Right? Now, you do, now what you, the, the, the key is you don't tell them in front. You just bring them aside like, oh, <laughs> that's what a friend does. A friend would not be the one to be like, wait till you get into a big group of people and then be like, dude, you got chocolate stuff all over your face. But a true friend would let you know, right? Flies unzipped, got like a dryer sheet sticking out. Oh, that just happens to me. Okay, well, you know, love someone enough to speak the truth to them. When I was growing up, I didn't realize, my dad, by the way, just last Friday, he turned 80 years old. My dad has uh, just turned 80. Love, love him so much. He's the founding uh, pastor of our church. And when I was growing up, I didn't, I didn't realize how great my dad was. I really, actually, I had a lot of rebellion in my life. And now my dad, looking back on it, really, he just wanted me to not be a lazy toad. And so, but now from my perspective at 14 or 15, whatever, it was like, dude, you're cramping my style. All this chores and stuff. Now, he's a farm boy, and I, I, I had, truthfully, I would have had like one-tenth the level of chores that he had. But to me, it's like, oh, you're, it's unbelievable the amount of things you're asking me to do. Mow the lawn once a week? Unthinkable. <laughs> what? Clean my room? looking back on it, it it was love that was motivating him so that I could do something in my life have a work ethic that would be some somewhat valuable work ethic 
But I'm telling you from my perspective at the time, check it out, my sin, this particular sin was laziness, was pushing down the clear truth that my dad loved me and everything he was saying because he was saying it because he loved me, but my sin, laziness, pushed down and suppressed the clear truth that, clear, that later here, now around in my late 40s, I'm, I've come to grips with for a long time. My dad said all those things and did all those things because of a love in his heart for me. It would have, been, it would have not been love for him to let me stay the way I was. Right? So, the truth. What do we do with the truth? Well, of course, years later here, we've come to, <laughs> come to mind that dad, he's such a beautiful man, and I love him so much, and all the things he's put in so many hearts and lives. Well, it, it comes to the, the truth pops up. The truth pops up. You may be, they, other people might view you as wrong in the moment. Like, oh, I can't believe he's saying that. I can't. Hey, the truth pops up. You speak the truth. Romans 1.16, you speak it. Don't be ashamed of it. It's what transforms people. You speak it and you let the truth do what it does best, which is pop to the top and, and transform lives. Our application today, accept God's truth even when we don't like it and love people and speak truth to them. Hey, there's going to be times we don't like this truth. Actually, almost all truth we don't like. The more truthful, the less we like it, usually. Love people and speak truth to them. We got to love them enough to tell them the truth. Here's where I'm at. Here's where you're at. And we have to have ears to hear it. Now, something kind of tells us in our hearts, like, well, if there's There'll be a point in time where I'm finally uh, Christian enough, and then I'll speak truth. No, both of these things happen at the same time, brothers and sisters. Constantly receiving truth, constantly letting the truth come up in our lives, not suppressing it, and constantly speaking it. If there's truth coming to you, speak it. There's some kind of weird thing, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready, Heath. I'm not perfect enough to speak out truth. No, that this happens at the same time. Receiving, speaking. Receiving, speaking. Guys, I've been a Christian a long time, been a pastor a long time. I am still receiving truth, letting it pop up in my life, and I am speaking truth. It's, it's, a, sim, it's, a, it's a, like a movement that's taking place in our hearts. So here's what I'd like to do. Every head bowed, please, if I could, and every eye closed. I'm going to spend a couple moments here in prayer. Lord, we just uh, pray. First of all, if there's any area of deception in our hearts, anybody hearing this message, anybody watching this right now, I agree in faith with them that you will show them uh, any area of deception where they have suppressed the truth to the point where they're deceived now in the same area that you revealed truth to them. It may have been years ago. It may have been just last week. It may have been just this morning. Irregardless, the Holy Spirit can give us conviction and show us those areas right now. And I pray, Lord, that you help them to uh, respond to truth and let it rise back up from the areas that are suppressed in their hearts. I also pray, Lord, that you give us boldness to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are not afraid to say the name of Jesus because it sets free.
people who were in bondage, to not be ashamed of giving them the path to life, the path to all these areas that are suppressed in their life does not bring happiness, it brings misery. We need to understand that we have the winning formula. We're on the winning team and that we step out in boldness and never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for giving us that. We thank you for giving us the book of Romans to see a roadmap to live out our faith, to to get right with God and to stay right with God and to grow closer and closer to God. And we worship you as the King of kings and Lord of lords. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.